What's up, everyone? Happy Friday. It's a little Friday fun day. Welcome into the PHNX Tottenham Hotspur podcast. We're completely taking over. This is no longer a rising podcast. This is for Tottenham Hotspur fans only. Look at the kid I'm wearing. You're jealous. You're green with envy. We're taking over. No? Emma, cut his mic, please. Okay, all right. Um, well, I had, a, I had a good run where we can't know. Welcome into the PHNX Rising podcast. Very excited to have all of you here. I am, of course, Max Simpson. And I'm joined by a man who, he's going to be traveling cross-country this weekend. Mr. Owen Evans, how are we tonight, feeling? Tonight, that's why I'm on the beers already, because I need a nice little bit of four peaks. Will hopefully help knock me off to sleep when I sit down on oh my gosh. plane tonight. There we go. This man, this I man, need to get my rest. This man is doing the partner integration already. Uh, we're yeah. also going to be enjoying a little First Friday action in downtown Phoenix later. Is that yeah, right? I might go for a little wander before heading to the airport. Yeah, yeah, well, well, there we go. You're already getting roasted for the the kit there. Nothing says mid like that kit. More like actually, we're above mid, above yeah. mid table. Boom. There we go. That's See, right. Good win today for good Cardiff. Win today. Actually, all right. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, there we go. That's fair. Well, we got a lot to get to today. Um, first order of business is kind of taking a deeper dive into Wednesday's showing against Greenville Tribe. Rising's one nil victory against greenville triumph they did triumph over greenville as we already stated max please back on the rails back on the rails all right we want to talk through where do you think rising succeeded after having a deeper look into this match where did they succeed um i think one look look it's hard sometimes to, to take too many lessons out of games like this when you've got such heavy rotation when you've got just a team that doesn't really necessarily look like the team we're going to see come the next league game. But I think one positive that I definitely took was the way that uh, Darnell King and Edwin Joma were linking up in that mm-hmm. game. Um, you actually look at some of the passing numbers, you look at the different combinations that were there. One of the most common passes was Darnell King to Manjoma. And it's, yeah. it's forward passes with a kick-starting and attack. Rising actually, if again, you look at the numbers, 40% of the time, they were attacking in that game down the right side. So... I'm interested by that because, look, at this stage in the season, with the amount of turnover that this team had, that kind of chemistry, that kind of improvement in that sense with players that haven't really had to play together before, uh, that's something that really stands out to me as a good sign. Um, I think that that Conway was getting himself... It it was interesting now. Conway took five shots in that game, Jackson Conway. Yeah. Uh, All of them were within the penalty area. We actually looked at his, his average position. He's a little bit deeper even than some of the other players that are around him that are in the midfield. So for him to be not only tracking back and getting involved in the play favorite back, but also be able to get back up, be able to get back into the penalty area and be able to get shots off that uh, some were on target, some were not. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I know. (laughs) I know. Right. And, and that kind of leads on to something later on. We'll talk about where perhaps they could have improved, but it's still good. It's still good to see that not only can he get involved in play f- deeper, but that he can also then still manage to get up there and be a nuisance in the penalty area of Greenville. 100%. No, and I think what you highlighted with Jackson Conway is that, and to clarify, deeper isn't deeper in the midfield, not deeper up the pitch, just for clarification. But yes, I agree. It's something that we, you know, in his, you know, when he chatted with us and then seeing his play, again, he's a very different profile than the other number nine, Manuel Arteaga, where Arteaga is very much that guy who is high up the pitch, always on the last defender. And he'll make the runs here and there, but he's more of the hold up play where we can, fight for those balls deep in there and go from there. Whereas Jackson Conway, 
like we said, he's going to start a little bit, you know, deeper, a little bit closer towards that midfield. And then he's going to make that 20 year old or 20 year old. Wow. 20 yard darting run off the defender's uh, shoulder and looking again into space. The other thing that is interesting that you pointed out is that trend of Darnell King playing, um, playing in to Njoma is fascinating because really we saw a lot of that unbalanced movement when uh, Rising played loyal with Uzo being the very uh, you know heavy guy going up the pitch on the right side as well. So that heavy imbalance towards that right side continued even though it was a completely new cast of Rising players. Yeah, um, and it was interesting because you, you'd expect when you look at the Look at the lineup there. You'd say Babacar Jai is going to be very attack-minded. He's going to be quite advanced. And he did actually get a couple of shots off himself. Uh, but when you actually break down even the average positions here, Babacar Jai was the more conservative of the wingbacks. Yep. Edmund Joma was the one who, again, based just on average position, is further up the field. Babacar is staying a little bit further back than he was. So I, I'm intrigued by that because, again, we, we've always spoken, I think, about Babacar Jai as well. Look, if he could get the finishing improved, yep. this would be his kind of position. This would be his role because that's what he does. He runs at defenders. He causes problems in that sense. Um, and, and that's what you're really looking for from him. But, you know, I, I, I'm intrigued by that, that we saw Manjoma actually looking at the more advanced fullback when I'd have expected it probably to be to be Babaka. No, 100%. And it's very interesting, right, kind of looking at how he played last season, how, you know, his last season is definitely a difference where, you know, he was the one that was definitely flying on the pitch, to your point, still lacking that final quality in the final third. But, yeah, kind of fascinating to see him in a bit of that uh, less aggressive role going up and down. Indeed it was. I mean, that's something that we've seen, I think, overall this year is, is players being used in roles that maybe were, were slightly different to what we were expecting. Um, and that's good. That's good to have some of that flexibility. It's good to see that players can do a job in different roles other than what we would probably look at as their primary uh, option there. So, yes, it's good to see that. It's also good. I mean, again, we saw Crutzen in, in defensive midfield, yep. as we said on the uh, the show on Wednesday. Yeah. So, overall, yeah, I, I mean, I like a little bit of that fluidity. I like the fact that there's depth in, in various ways, not just in terms of bringing completely different players in but also being able to move around the players that are on the field or just have them play in slightly different roles, even if you're not moving them around. No, absolutely. And it's definitely, you know, especially with the Open Cup, definitely that um, kind of give and take of where you look to balance a team. You're bringing in um, some new players and everything like that. And that's maybe where work is a bit needed in that you're bringing in a team that it's one thing to bring in an entire second team where, okay, maybe there's a bit of that uh, solidity during uh, practice throughout the week and there's something there. But when you're bringing in a mix and match of some of the starters carry over, some players who just aren't used to playing together, that chemistry takes a bit. And we saw them rise and grab the goal early on. And there were some chances that we talked about it on Wednesday, but just I think it's that inability to really kill the game off. It kind of showed again. And I think it really is getting those players, it's not even necessarily getting them into the right positions, but just something about you just need to put the ball in the back and then it's easier said than done. But what do you think that was? What was missing? It's a good question. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure. I think yeah. there's a lot of elements to that. I think that, look, the finishing isn't always on target. It's not always quite as... I mean, the chances aren't always quite as good as you'd expect if you actually look at the things. If you take Carlos Harvey's chance out, 
I think the next best chance was probably around about the same as Rising's average per shot in terms of XG from the San Diego game. So when you kind of break things down in that sense, I don't know. There is a lot going on there, but uh, I mean, I mean, it's something that Juan actually spoke to as well. This one after the game on Wednesday, but he did bring up this is probably one of the things. Let's have a listen to him. If there's something that I'll take from tonight that uh, we need to keep improving is getting better is that if we're going to be so dominant in the game, if we're going to have 70% possession, if we're going to connect more than 600 passes, we need to make sure that we have the ability to to threaten the goal a bit more. That's 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 one of the things that I'll, I'll take from tonight and, and we have to improve. But like I said, when, when you win, it's always easier to, to keep working and, and making sure that you improve. But that's one of the things that from tonight's match, uh, we have the responsibility to get a little bit better. Further thoughts on Juan's uh, feedback there? I mean, it's it's good to hear that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of, to, to an extent, right, it's it's speaking the obvious. I think a lot of us saw that game and see a team that looks pretty dominant, that sees a team that's had such a large amount of possession and, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, could have put that game to, to bed if they wanted to yeah. uh, or, or more, if, if they were capable of executing up top. Um, it, and, and I felt like the entire game, the way you're watching it, was almost as though the one goal goes in, you think, okay, sigh of relief. It's it's started now. It's not as though this is just going to be dragged out in a, a nil-nil ball fest, which can happen in these cup games. When you're an underdog, sometimes you do just sit back, you let the opposition, you know, kind of build that pressure and just never really capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, from that point on, it just became, when's the second coming? Because when that second goal came, or if, if it were to come, mm-hmm. it would have felt as though that game was out of reach. No offense to Greenville, they did not do enough in that game to make you seriously think that they were going to come back from a 2-0 deficit. This isn't San Diego Loyal that we're talking about. This was Greenville Triumph, and they just did not do enough over the course of the game. The bomb is that no matter how bad or poorly performing your opponent may be at any given moment, yep. any opponent can score one goal yep. because it doesn't take much. It takes one little slip up at the back. You let someone in, and then all of a sudden it's it's one all. That's, yeah. that's almost where the problem is here, right? Is Against Greenville, that didn't happen, but... When you take on other teams in USL, you can't expect necessarily to ride out a 1-0 lead every game. That's not something that you're going to get away with because this team, especially because of their tendency to pass it out of the back, to try and create that slow build-up play, you're introducing more passes, more potential opportunity to make mistakes, to make those little slip-ups. We've seen them give up goals thanks to those little slip-ups. San Diego away, perfect example of that. And... If they can't find the net more frequently, we're going to see more points dropped over the course of this season. No, 100%. And, you know, exactly to your point, uh, Rising let them hang around a bit later into the match. You saw that Greenville grew into the game a bit. And dare I say, Patrick Krakowski, I'm not going to say a full (laughs) standing on his head performance. He was not, in fact, He didn't get challenged that much. But that that one save at the end. That top corner save was mighty impressive regardless of the level of competition. I mean, that kept rising in the game. That was heading for, you're looking at that, you're heading for extra time if he doesn't save that. Absolutely. And and the worry then at that point more than anything is that the momentum at that stage is all the underdog. You were trying to battle having failed to score a second goal for so long uh, and think that you're going to scramble and try and get one. There's a very realistic chance that you don't and it ends up going the distance. Um, And at that point, if it gets to that stage... 
It's anyone's game. 100%. Well, it is the beauty of the cup. Uh, it is always fascinating how you never know how these competitions can go, but we do know what's going on with Rising in the Open Cup. The third round draw did happen last night. Rising will be playing on Wednesday, April 26th at 6 p.m. in New Mexico against New Mexico United. Oh, and you were, um, well, shall I say, not enthused with the draw. The man is the man is uh, staring through the yeah, camera. Yeah, it's New right Mexico now. again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. third mm-hmm. Open Cup in a row that Phoenix Rising have drawn New Mexico, and mm. I, I just, uh, it's tiring. It's a tiring matchup in a lot of ways because do you really, really want to see this team again? I think that look, there's always the talk about rivalries and about various things that need to go into to make a rivalry. I don't, you know, I'll let people call it a rivalry or not call it a rivalry, however, whatever way you want. Mm -hmm. I will say this. There are very few teams, if any, that are hated by rising fans in the way that New Mexico United are. Right. And that's over multiple years, okay, of things that have built up to create that. But they are a team that are actively detested in a lot of ways. And part of it, in a large part, is what happened last year, what happened around the game that was rearranged Mm -hmm. there last year. And, uh, I mean, now New Mexico have apparently got availability at Isotope Stadium or Isotope Park for a a cup game on short notice. Funny that. Um, Oh, interesting. Hmm. But... Yeah, I don't think it's a game that you really want um, in no small part because I think it's a game that you have to take seriously. 100%. Well, and we're even seeing in the chat, right? Kieran saying, sucks to have another midweek away game. And New Mexico United. Mikey saying, so uh, bleeping boring. Of course, we're also seeing some nice happy birthday comments. Want to shout out our man, Mr. Charles CWP. The guy, happy birthday. Um, Yes, but it is fascinating how you put this out on Twitter. And you were asking, and you said, you know, you know, there's always discourse about prioritizing cup games and league games, but in light of who Rising is drawn, how should we consider this game, consider the tie? What do you want the rotation to be? You put this out there, and the range of responses, I would say, mostly fell within kind of the same camp of normally, especially given that it's going to be another USL team we wouldn't really prioritize that. However, the vast majority of people were saying, but we know which team it is. We're not losing to them. I'm seeing, you know, reading a couple. You, you can't. No. You can't. No. I, I think that's that's the key thing here, right? Is that when you take on a team that you have this level of dislike for, mm-hmm. whether as Michael's still arguing in there, you can't call them a rival. That's, you know, Okay. If, okay. if, they, if they bring out you this can, much animosity, if they bring out that this is much a, animosity, that's a rival. Let's, let's cannot, clarify that. If they bring out this level of animosity, you cannot go out there and do anything but yep. push for the victory. Yep. You can't. If if this team goes over there and plays their hearts out and comes up short, mm-hmm. people often are more accepting. The problem that you will have is if they go out there already having been handicapped by the fact that they have a heavily rotated squad available to them that night. Yep. Um, and, and that's that then that they don't get the result there. I, I fear that the, the broad consensus among at least the more passionate of Rising's fan base mm-hmm. will be that if 
this team is heavily rotated. If this game is treated almost like an afterthought, that there will be no excuses not to come away with a result. Yes. No. I, I think yes. that's the key thing here. And it especially, again, a lot of it plays off of what happened last year. Last year really, really drove home the animosity. I mean, even then, there's other things. I mean, the way that this kind of... Everything's building up between Rising and Umate. So you've had players moving between each side. Um, you know, I mean, Greg Hurst and, and Santi Murray in there. Stop Googling the definition of rivalry, please, Max. Stop. You're trying to get into some kind of pedantic argument with the chat. I, I'm, no, don't. Stop. This, Stop. I, I didn't even say a word. This man, sh this man's screen peeking. It's preemptive. This it's man, preemptive. Right, this, man's, but, this man's screen peeking. But no, the, the, you, the, you just can't go in, I think, and not take that game seriously. Because I do think that if you don't take it seriously and you come away with a loss... That's just not going to sit well with a lot of people. We you agree. have to understand. You have to know that in in football, these kind of games mean so much more. It's one thing. It's easy. It's easy to go up there and say, just another game, just another game. And maybe that's how you have to approach it to try and get through, mm -hmm. right? I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speak to that. But you have to know deep down that that isn't the case. That ultimately, these games mean a lot more to the fan base. And it's professional sports. You're doing this for the fan base. Yes. Okay? To not take mm. it as seriously to an extent, to me, would be to hold the fan base in contempt. A lot of people in our Discord, right? Shout out to the diehards. Thank you guys who were participating. Is a lot of people were going back and forth of these type of competitions. You want to see people bring home trophies. Bring home the championships. And I think a lot of what we saw in, disc in our Discord chats was... Rising have gotten so far in championship and then they have flamed out in the playoffs, albeit at different stages, but the Open Cup has never been a serious run. So we've gotten people saying on both ends of the spectrum of, well, knowing that you should prioritize the championship a bit more. Other people are saying, well, the championship, we've already had a lot of success there. Let's even it out in the cup. And my whole thing, and I think we are getting to the exact same thing, is you want to prioritize Everything where you can. It is definitely a coach's decision on how you balance that because it's easier said than done. But especially someone with this much, call it a rivalry, call it whatever, this much, uh, I would say... Uh, animosity. Animosity, vitriol, uh, whatever the word is, you have to... That This almost uh, goes even further than the cup. Like, forget that. Even in league competition, you want to absolutely win this match. And it was very much reflected... Again, not only in what we're saying through Discord, but on Twitter, to your tweet, everyone is saying it's New Mexico. We want to beat them every time, all the time. Uh, other people saying, I want us to put out our first team and spank them. But everything from just the casual comments to the people who really just hate New Mexico, it's a match where you want to get up for something like this. And I get your meh feeling about the draw, but if you can't get up for a match like this, what are you doing? Like, why would we not try to send everyone? To, to, to Albert, to Albert's point in here, which game would you rotate for? I, I mean, you're going to have to rotate for one of them. Probably San Antonio away. It's the game you're least likely to get a win in. Yep. Um, if you had to rotate for any of them, you'd probably sacrifice the one that you're less likely to get a win in. I just feel as though this game... I mean, again, even, even Michael saying in the comments earlier about how they still haven't beaten our senior team, they aren't a rival. If you choose not to take this game seriously... You lose any right to make yep. that kind of claim, okay? Rising was forced to not take it seriously almost in, in New Mexico the last time by the circumstances of the COVID outbreak and the fact that New Mexico and the league agreed on a date that ultimately 
meant that most of Rising's team was unavailable due to quarantine. And they had to put children out there, high school students. Um, You can claim that one. I don't think you can claim it if you make the choice to put a weakened team out there. 100%. 100%. Chad, let us know if you feel differently. I also like Albert's question of also, which match. Don't, don't make me go to Albuquerque. Albuquerque of all places and then have to do a sad, somber post-game show. Don't want that. No. Uh, yeah. yeah. I can echo what you're saying. And also, the interesting thing, right, is it is player rotation. We did see in the match against Greenville Tribe, like we mentioned, Rising only brought over three starters that they carried over from their match against Loyal. We can't, we're not fortune tellers. We can't predict in the future, but Crystal Ball, do you see them carrying over more than three starters from that match against San Antonio away? More than three. Ooh. Chat, please at, please weigh in as well. More or less than three. I don't know. Because it depends. That's the thing. If San Antonio is the rotation game, then maybe not. Mm. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the key thing as well, actually, though, and this is, look, some teams don't take cup competitions too seriously, sure. right? Yeah, we see that. Um, but while there needs to be rotation, I think it's at the same time, um, you have to consider that when you look at top, top teams, yep. right. They don't rotate everyone in a game. Sure. They don't. Rotation is a process. It's managed over time. Okay. And it's something that I think we got quite used to here in, in Phoenix rising with, Rick Shantz at the helm in that you'd often have these weeks where you'd have a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and it would just be like, okay, we won't take the Wednesday seriously. Yep. Right? Or, or well, we won't take, we, we'll take it seriously, but we're going to change nine players or, or seven or six. Regardless, a large chunk of that squad is not going to be playing in the game before or after. Is that really what you see around the world most of the time? Is that typically how teams approach things? Hmm. Because I see rotation. I mean, cups are different, okay? I, yeah. I, I get that. I get that. Cups are. Um, but t- I don't typically see the same wholesale rotation, I don't think. You see the odd player switched in and out. Yeah. And maybe you make subs earlier. But I, you don't necessarily go in with the idea of just gutting the team. I agree. I think three. I think I, that harms continuity, to be perfectly frank. I was surprised that it was only three players. Now, granted, that were retained from the prior match. Granted, maybe it's because, again, you're seeing your competition. It's not taking shots at them. But, again, this is perhaps a different circumstance that you're going to be playing not only a fellow USL championship club, but one that you know pretty well, especially one that, well, knowing the players that are on that team in Santimar and Greg Hurst, you know very well. So very curious to see how the team rotates um, and going on from there. But again, something that we will look forward to in later of this month. Couple, It's already a couple weeks away, which is kind of insane. Um, but yeah, we will, we're excited to talk more about that Open Cup match as it starts. Speaking of things we're excited to talk about, so I'll talk to you about our friends at Circle K. Owen, I have a fun fact for you. Did you know that within Legion Field Stadium, where you are going to be on Sunday, there are two, that's right, two Circle Ks within 10 minutes of that stadium? Okay. Okay. All right. Did you, did you... If I was driving, then maybe it was. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I thought that was a really fun fact. Uh, you can see where. I, what I think is fun, but I think that's very cool. We everywhere. Circle K is... You stock up on some snacks, at least. All right. Circle K is a Arizona-based brand. We love them, but they are everywhere. We out here. We worldwide. Uh, Well, country ride for sure, but we out there. 
Yes, go to Circle K for all the great things that you would like. Polar Pops, iced coffee, energy drinks, all types of discounts and fun things they have there. And make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff they have to offer. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator. Again, circlek.com slash store dash locator. Find Circle K's near you. You look like you're bemused and you want to interject with something. I was just going to say I was looking at our producer Emma's face as he was... <laughs> Five a dollar for every time Emma, our producer, gave me some sort of like. Or, this is that. This is the Emma patient. Yeah, it's something snark. Oh, here she goes. She's about to put on the headset. She's about to. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. What's up? I just wanted to say. What's up? Love your ad reads, buddy. Oh, thank you. Wow. Tell tell, tell all of our friends about the beautiful, beautiful Four Peaks. Oh man, she's okay. See, so she's already trying to transition me. Fair enough. Well, I actually did have something nice for our friends at Four Peaks. You can buy a nice uh, twelve pack of beer from them. Use the cardboard box to cut it out. Use it as shin guards, which is what I did in college. Uh, better yet, uh, Emma, you can do so as well. That way, you can protect your shins from Owen kicking them. Yeah, that's a nice throw back. Allegedly, to be clear, to be clear, mm -hmm. I did hand Max a. Uh, book of the laws of the game oh earlier this week gosh. and it appears that he hasn't read them you can't use them as shin guards oh, okay. don't okay. by law okay. by law you can't we're yeah. okay well when but when have we ever done things by law have you have you seen in uh, the environment that to be fair max is <sighs> yeah well no max does max does he stays on side he just misses the shot oh Okay, anyway, I was a f I'm a former Sunday League Golden Boot winner. Put some respect on my name. Anyway, speaking of things that we put respect on, it's our friends at Four Peaks. Stop looking at me like that, Emma. Best place to take in the NFL draft on April 27th is at Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Register for free in the link in our show notes. Take advantage of some awesome beer specials we have going on there. We also just released our PHNX Coyotes collab shirt with them. Look at that in the bottom left-hand corner for those of you looking on YouTube. It is absolutely gorgeous. You can check that out at our phnxlocker.com. Um, boom. And we're also doing a season wrap party for the Coyotes on April 13th. April 13th season wrap party at their A Street Pub. Two weeks later, exactly two weeks later, you're doing the NFL draft at the A Street Pub. Four Peaks got everything going on. You must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly, but come on through um, for those events. It's going to be a darn good time. This man's drinking the Suns Brew. We already got Four Peaks on lock. Let's go. All right. All right. Well, we turned our attention from the U.S. Open Cup to Sunday's match. Uh, nobody. Okay. Pat Moses. Nobody on Tottenham kick can respect themselves. This is known. All He's right. correct. All right. This all right, I'm is just, correct. I'm just going to move on from that. Um, turning our attention to Sunday, Birmingham Legion. Yeah. They are first. In the East. In the East. And Rising is last in the West. Um, I'm no doctor or odds maker, but that's a discrepancy. Yeah, right I'm going to go with a 2-1 loss. I'm just kicking it off the bat Damn. now. So I'm getting the negativity. And you want it in my prediction? Oh, my later God. I think you're going to ask me it later. I'm going to go with a loss. I go 2-1. I, mean, I think that's positive, Ooh. to be honest. This is a team okay. that should uh, probably I'm seeing Emma pull. with a 3-1. Three, three, one. One. I'm going to assume you're you're taking Legion. Yeah, okay. Yeah. She, she gave the... Okay, uh, so that's that's 3-1 uh, to Birmingham. 2-0 to Birmingham. Chat, please shout out what you're thinking. Um, okay. Wait, you're going 2-0. No. I said 2-1. You said 2-1. I, yeah, I thought you said 2-1. I thought you said 2-0. He's, re he's revising my prediction right. for me already. Anyway, I, you asked me earlier if Rising is, you know, how are we feeling, if they have, have a shot. I'm going to be the optimist and say that there is going to be some momentum coming off a win 
in the Open Cup, does not matter, but, you know, some sort of momentum. I'm not going to say they're going to win. I won't say that. Give me a 1-1 a draw, and it's ugly. It's absolutely ugly. It's mucking it up. Yeah, I think that's optimistic. I think, you know, there's a good chance they're going to they're gonna lose, but give me 1-1. Optimistic. All right, we got out. We well, got Ma Mikey. 1-1, one, one, Mikey. He's agreeing with the Spurs fan. He's a smart man. Smart man. Albert with 2-0 loss, but it's close. Something about your name starting with an M appears to indicate delusion, right? We'll move on to why oh. Phoenix Rising are going to probably lose <laughs> oh, this match. my okay? gosh. That's not Let's even a transition. Some of the quality that's in this Birmingham League. Uh, not quality squad. transition. Let's talk about some of the quality mm -hmm. that is in there, mm -hmm. okay? Alex Crognali. Let's start with him as a defender. Let's talk about a guy who has won 13 of 15 aerial duels this year, mm -hmm. while also creating the highest expected assists on his team as a defender. Pretty nice. Okay. Let's talk about Nico Brett. Let's talk about the years that he had scoring double-digit goals up top. The fact that he got a brace last week. He did. And it's Tampa Bay Rowers. And in the USL Championship this season, four matches, three goals, and an assist. The man is contributing. Let's talk about the fact that Juan Agadello is... Maybe the finishing is not quite there. Mm. He he hasn't yet got a goal, but his expected goals are reasonably high. Let's talk about the fact that he's created seven chances so far mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. season. Okay? Okay. There's this even more. I mean, if you want to get into Enzo Martinez as a guy who's, who's scored goals, let's be real, double-digit goals <laughs> again. Um, There's just a lot in this team. I mean, Matt Van Urkel may miss the game. Um, and He went off injured last weekend, mm. goalkeeper for Birmingham Legion. He went off injured with a leg injury in the, I believe it was the 34th minute. And that is actually that where I have a bit of optimism. And I am not, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm not hoping for any injuries. But if he is not able to start, do you know who his backup is? It's Travis Spangenberg. And do you know how many matches he has played? A number. It... Thank He's you. from Mesa in as well, by the way. Okay. He's a little uh, Arizona connection. Okay, well, now Travis I can't Mesa. root against him. But in the last four years, he's played 22 matches. In the last four years. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what happens. Everyone has that kind of backup goalkeeper. And, that, and, and that's what happens when you bring in a backup goalkeeper who's not used to playing. It's actually a different situation. Well, than how many goals did he concede against Tampa Bay Rowdies, Max? Oh, my god. Tampa Bay Rowdies? Okay. You, we, right. you can't now, turn this, this You the even said that Tampa thing. Bay has had they, a downturn of form this they year. They have. They've had a pretty bad yes. season this year. But what I will say is this. Birmingham Legion's low block worked incredibly well against them. Mm -hmm. Okay? And that's down to a lot of different factors. I mean, it's also down to some good midfield presence there. You've got Anderson Asiedo. You've got Matthew Kokora. 17 year old mm. in the midfield for Birmingham Legion. He's actually second on the team at the age of 17 in expected assists. Mm -hmm. Okay. And okay. he's already got an assist this year. He's created five chances as well. And despite the fact that he's 17, you've got, well, he's winning 50% of drills. Mm. Uh, mm. Wait, what? I, Emma, are you saying? <laughs> Emma's giving me a look like, I don't know, she's trying to talk shit or something. But yeah, guys, guys uh, 17 years old? What are you doing at 17? I'm playing soccer. That's crazy. I was saying that he's a dog. Oh, he a dog? Yeah. Oh, okay. With the dog mentality. Oh, we appreciate that. Yeah. I honestly didn't, I could not tell with, uh, I'm not good at lip reading. Um, but yeah, okay. Him in the midfield? What does she got? He's not good at match predictions either. My gosh. All right. Any. Anyway, well, okay, so your time with her playing... Scott Simmons actually with a good point here. Weak opposing keepers only a benefit if our front three can start to connect and convert. Every good point. You've got to put shots on target. If you're not putting shots on target, don't matter. And I worry, actually, with that mm. low block and a Phoenix Rising team that has struggled at times to actually create a huge amount, that they're actually going to struggle against this team to really create too many chances. That's fair, but from game from match to match, 
They have looked more threatening. And granted, and granted, they need to bury their chances. I'm not going to give them a pass that just because they have a backup keeper doesn't mean that, oh, cool, the goals are going to start flowing in. However, they have gotten better from match to match in terms of their buildup, in terms of their shots and getting in better positions. And when you factor in a backup goalkeeper, it means that some of those where maybe the angle is a little bit different, maybe those shots that were getting deflected out, Maybe they start going in the back of the net yeah. just because there's a bit of that rust that that backup keeper doesn't have. Again, I'm not trying to put too much on it, but it's a possibility. It is a possibility. That's why I'm saying 1-1. I'm not saying goals are going to come in. Give me a 1-1 draw. Also, just my Michael in here saying that means he's losing 50% of jewels. Yeah, this is a 17-year-old, though. So, like, my, my point there is this is someone you're not really expecting to be a physical presence and winning too many jewels, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah, but good luck uh, going up against Carlos Harvey in the midfield. Uh, That's true. Yeah, That's good, true. Good freaking luck. Uh, also, That's yeah, true. Mike, again, respect Arteaga. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's Man's got a brace. Scored two goals in the last game. Man's named USL Championship Team of the Week. Yeah. But, uh, you know, something that we should take a further look at, speaking of attack, is Birmingham Legion's attack. So you kind of look a bit, we got a little visual graphic that we're going to put on screen. But in their last USL Championship match against the Tampa Bay Rowdies, I'm going to break this down for you. The green are the shots on target that they had. The red are the shots off target. And the blue are the goal, the two goals that they scored. And by the way, the yellow are the key chances that the they key passes, key passes there, yeah. that they created. You'll note in here, it's very much clustered in the middle of the pitch. And you'll see a lot of those shots, a lot of that green, Going from outside the box. Yeah, they are taking longer shots. It's worth noting, actually, that, that one thing with Birmingham Legion, they're not a big crossing team. No. Um, they do attempt them, yes. Yes. But they're actually in the last four or five teams in the league in terms of crossing success. Okay, so they have only completed 10 crosses all season. Um, they've taken on around about... Uh, they're about 20% success rate on them. So it's... It's it's not great. It's not great. Um, and that was something I think we looked at the stats earlier. We were sitting down. I was sitting there with Max and we were, we were talking about these stats and trying to work out, okay, but what does this really mean? Right. What's it relative to? And then you see it stacked up with everyone else and you see them lingering down near the bottom of that table. And you're like, eh, okay, okay. So there's one thing of note. Um, you've got to be prepared for the fact that they're going to play it on the ground more. Um, they're going to take some of those shots from from deeper. Thomas is just not. I love it. it. That's my guy. Rising win, oh. no matter what. Forget the stats. Rate the indomitable human spirit. That was my name. In, that was my nickname in college. Indomitable human spirit. Um, no, I don't know. No, not funny. All right, cool. No. Uh, um, no. yeah, but it's okay. So they're kind of against, uh, you know, below average against the mean in certain areas of their attack. I'm. I don't know, man. I just don't see a lot of. I don't. I don't see Rising's defense. Well, they have been pretty leaky. I wouldn't say not leaky. They well, have it's errors. They have, it's errors. There has been errors. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think. I think you're. In a, I think you're tying up a bit against the road. Thomas cooking. There we go. Those are. Oh, and those are Santi Moore numbers. Put that on a graph. Oh boy. Okay. Anything else that we need to cover here with Birmingham Legion? Ah. Uh, it's just this is a team that has played four games in a run beaten in the league this year. It's, a, um, it's going to be tough to go away there. They've gotten results against some decent sides. And I think from a rising fan perspective going into this game, you need to brace yourself for the reality here, which is that this is a tough game. Um, if rising don't get a result out of this game, you're going to be looking at a team that is sitting bottom of the Western Conference, four games in, 
with two points. And on the one hand, that's concerning. On the other hand, you have to be realistic. You have to be realistic about the teams that Phoenix Rising has had to play so far this season and how that kind of fits with a team that is still gelling, that had massive, massive turnover. Um, and th there's a lot more games to go. I think hitting the panic button early, which is something that I fear some fans will do because I've seen elements of it after games already this season. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's not it's not the right time it it's misplaced concern in some ways this team has a lot of things it still needs to work on absolutely however if they don't get a result this weekend i'm not too too concerned that does not give me deep worry about the direction this team is going in for the very simple reason that this team will have played four games two of which are against san diego loyal a team that quite frankly, we're expecting to be up there at the top of the Western Conference, there or thereabouts, come the end of the season. And they'll play Birmingham Legion, a team that are, at the moment, top of the Eastern Conference and, quite frankly, expected to remain in that rough vicinity for the rest of the year. Also, caveat that out of the four matches we will play after Sunday, only one of, them, only one of the USL Championship games has been at home and also to Tyler's point we are on our one game hot streak though I like it we are riding the hot streak all the way through I'm not Sunday sure I'd call it a hot streak you know it's a streak I'm not sure I call man. it we are no it's a hot streak we hot we're riding that through Sunday and we're riding that through next Friday April 14th when we're joining our friends at OG's Brands at Buds Apalooza because we just dropped our new collab shirt with them. It is now live. And if you want to get your hands on this dope collab shirt, make sure to get your tickets for Buds Apalooza. We're going to be out there doing a lot. And by the way, me as in me and the other cool kids, not Owen. He uh, he does. He's not that uh, not that kind of guy that I know of. But we're going to be hanging not out. Not that cool. No, you're cool. But you, you I'm but, saying I'm not I'm not having it from someone wearing a Spurs shirt that I'm not. Damn! Shoot. Okay, that's tough. We're going to be hanging with our friends at OG's Brands. Going to be doing a special edition of the PA, of OG's PH Next Variety Show live from Buds of Palooza. So come there. Enjoy some free stuff. Hang out at Buds of Palooza. Watch our show. Grab your shirt. That's where you can buy this sweet puppy and get your info about Buds of Palooza to get your ticket. Check out BudsAppalooza.com to get your ticket and see us there next week. Friday, here we go. Speaking of seeing us places, hanging out to our friends at Valley Tap Room. Again, they're going to be doing an awesome pub crawl tomorrow, starting at noon, and then they're doing live music starting at 6. Check them out on the northeast corner of the 202 and Gilbert Road. You even mentioned that uh, you might be dabbling in the trivia I that they do on Tuesdays week, next might week. be. I mean, I, I will be going along okay. this, so make sure to come out to Trivia next if, week. I'll be trivia, there. We can yeah. chat rising. Trivia in on Tuesdays at 6.30. If you go out there, I hear I hear Owen will buy you a beer. I hear you just put him under Max Simpson okay. at the bar. Gosh, I don't like how that turned against me. Yeah. Um, but yes, hang, hang on out with our friends of Valley Tap Room. Nice, nice uh, patio area. Great, especially this time of year. Nice um different what's called weather and beers everything like that check them out we love them there but we now have to kind of zoom out and well first let's look around the, before we zoom out let's, let's look around the usl seeing kind of the state of where rising's at we already mentioned that they are the bottom of the western conference 
they are playing the team in the top of the East. We've already said this, but where are some of the other matchups we can look forward to next this coming weekend that might help mm, fragment that table a bit further? Well, it's a Saturday tomorrow. Yeah. Rising are playing, which means the you only can watch, match on Sunday. You can watch yeah. other USL Championship games for once. Uh, things actually kick off. It's really nice, right? The first two games of the day are completely unopposed. So you've got a noon kickoff here, Arizona time. Louisville City against Detroit. Mm -hmm. That'll be an interesting one in a lot of ways. Louisville have really been struggling lately. Detroit, too, have been struggling. Um, and I do feel as though Detroit, maybe people are losing a tiny bit of faith in them. Um, not the hardcore who will inevitably tell us that Trevor James is going to fix it somehow, some way. Um, the blind faith crew, but... Um, I don't know. It feels as though seeing some of the pictures from up there, people are a little bit concerned. Um, Loose City with two very, very bad and characteristic performance. Um, I I'm intrigued who comes out of that. I think that Loose City probably, probably start the bounce back there. Mm -hmm. I don't see them losing that game. Then you got San Diego Lola against FC Tulsa. San Diego. They've only got one point off their last two games, San Diego. Mm. They're home against Tulsa. Do they bounce back there? And Tulsa, of course, losing to Tulsa Athletic. Mm. For those of you who may have been following along on what happened on Wednesday in the Open Cup, of course, Tulsa losing to Tulsa Athletic on a bog of a pitch oh. with such a beautiful broadcast stream that the camera operator was blocking the glare of the sun with his hand, with his hand leaning over in front of the camera Using context to block clues, the glare. they are being facetious. They don't think it, that was a good broadcast. Oh, so it was phenomenal. Talk about the broadcast quality He's being there. facetious and Love a good US Open Cup team right, cast. There we go. Yeah. No, you can literally see his hand you literally over see the, like, where, yeah. the, uh, yeah. where the score bug is. It's the funniest looking shit ever, his little hand. I mean, the way the pitch was looking, honestly, we wouldn't mind if his entire hand blocked the dang thing. I was going to say, it literally looks like some park in the, like in the middle of nowhere. It uh, looks oh like yeah. just a random... Oh, yeah. Honestly, youth, I've seen oh, some yeah. parks youth that look park. better. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Chaparral Park is better training facility than that. Have you ever considered we could play an Open Cup game at Benedict? Benedict, Sunday League, baby. Shut your mouth right now. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Never happening in a million years. <laughs> I will die on that hill. <laughs> Which hill? Which penalty area oh, hill are you talking about yes. now? <laughs> um, but like, let's look at some of the other games then for this weekend. Tampa Bay Rowdies also on a rough spell at home. Mm. Uh, they, well, they're at home this weekend. They're playing Miami FC. That one's a 4.30 Arizona time kickoff. Colorado Springs switchbacks. Mm. What do you think about how they're doing at the moment? I mean, they, they of course, lost the cup, lost in the cup midweek to Northern Colorado. Uh, still some question marks around them for me. A lot of question marks. I think we were expecting them to miss the playoffs. Now's the time they've realistically got to show that they can go the other way. I mean, definitely um, definitely not good. I mean, here's the thing. And, and to put a, not to reopen the entire conversation we had earlier, but to put a quick bow in it, is I understand people not prioritizing Open Cup and stuff like that, but like maybe against fellow USL clubs, if you're losing in that round that early on against, you know, lower division opponents, like that's not even prioritization. That's just, I don't care if you're playing your entire second squad, like you can't be losing those types of matches. So yeah, very concerning. And actually the one that I think really is going to tell us a lot, and probably the, the marquee match of the weekend, San Antonio hosting Sacramento Republic. It's yeah, two a, teams that I think that's come the end of the season. I mean, it, to me, it's undisputed that those two teams are currently in the top four in USL. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um, easily. So 
to get a chance to actually see those two facing off against each other so early on, great. And it's probably going to set a little bit of the tone, I think, for who is chasing and who is leading. Correct, especially the pack si in the West. especially since you know some of the other favorites in the East traditionally having very off years. So yeah, I agree. They're kind of they're leading the talk at the West, and really that kind of gets us into where we need to look big picture for rising and where they fall in the West, because we've been doing this at the top of every month for the last couple months of where we believe rising is going to end up come the end of the year standings. We've been pretty firm and pretty consistent in the last couple of months. You have been saying they're going to host a playoff game. So somewhere in the third or fourth in the table. And I've said somewhere I would say fifth or six. So now that we're at that time where we want to reevaluate. You go first, Max. You go first. Okay. Well, well now it's time to reevaluate. I'm apparently going first. Chat, please chime in as well. Again, this man, this man right here said third or fourth place in the table, and I'm more fifth or sixth. Last month. We're, we're last month. I'm looking at this now. Oh, man. I mean, if you're, it's early on, so this is not time to panic. I, Thomas, I think you're being generous. Fourth or fifth seed. I'm going to go. I think they're going to give me a six seed. I'm still going to bring mine lower just slightly. Six seed in the West. I'm going to go five. Okay. I think that this team is showing improvement. I think they've had Agreed. a very rough run of games to start the season. And I think that things start to get easier after this weekend. Now, there are, of course, are some tough games sprinkled in as well. San Antonio is not going to be a walk in the park by any stretch of the imagination. But you look at some of the other games, Monterey Bay, Loudon at home. Those are very winnable games yep. in a way that I don't think we've seen so far. I don't think we've seen a game that you look at. And maybe we were going that way a little bit about Charleston. But even but that in was retrospect. Before, that was before yeah. we'd seen Charleston In retrospect, yeah, season. that's a good, a good And there draw. was a big overhaul in Charleston yep. with different players, a different coach, a different system. Working on those things there, I, I mean, that was hard to tell. I don't think we've seen a game that you can truly say that was a very winnable game. That Phoenix, Now, should they have probably won the game here against San Diego? Yes, mm -hmm. because they were 2-0 up. But at the same time, if Rising fans were offered a draw before the game, I, I think you take it. Mm -hmm. I think you take it because we weren't necessarily expecting them to be able to get a get a win in that game. Um, so to me, it's, when the winnable games start coming, that's when I think we'll see this team really hit its stride. And I think that fifth place is very realistic for this team once they start getting into those matches okay so it looks like we both went down one place but we're still not hitting the panic button it doesn't look not like anyone all. else in the chat is thomas saying the fourth or fifth seed mikey saying the third or fourth seed we're kind of all around there and i guess the other only other question i have kind of looking big picture is that we learned anything kind of groundbreaking new about this club that we really didn't know before the season began I think what we've seen more than anything, and for a lot of us, I mean, when you look at it in the abstract, it's obvious. Um, it's something that Juan said quite a few times last year, towards the end of last year. Stuff's a project. It doesn't come around overnight. You don't immediately fix. There aren't quick fixes. This team was overhauled. Mm -hmm. It takes time. It does take time. You don't come out and just start battering people from day very, one. Very early doors. And yeah. this team, I think, again, when they start getting games that are typically more winnable matches, yep. I think we're going to start seeing them come into their own, mm -hmm. and they're going to carry that momentum and put up a fight against other teams. They put up a, a reasonable 
fight against... Well, I mean, they, they were winning against San Diego for much of that game. Yeah. So, look, I, I'm not concerned yeah. at this time. Um, I think there's still work to do. But at the moment, I've had nothing to see that would make me want to go anywhere near that panic button. Agreed. We're both we're both we're both not even anywhere close to there. They've improved from match to match in their for in their uh, first three games. Only one of them was at home all against opponents who have looked good this year. And even that first one at home. I mean, man, so many nerves, so many things going on. Like you got to let them grow into themselves. They've had played one less match than really a lot of other teams in the championship. So give it their time. Do what you can and just let them let Juan cook. To quote Mikey, what he's saying in there, let Juan cook, let him do his thing. It's going to take time. But we appreciate you guys taking the time to join us, especially our diehards in the chat. If you would like to become a diehard today to get exclusive content, discounts on all events and merch, that's 20% off all of those events and merch. And I get access to our Discord chats where you are conversing with us and fellow diehards. Check out the phnxlocker.com. Get a free shirt when you sign up. Free shirt every single year of your membership. A lot of value in that bad boy along with discounts and freebies and other good promos from all of our partners. Appreciate y'all who are diehards. All right, buddy. We look ahead to Sunday. 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 Um, I do have a question for anyone in the chat. This is just a, a fun one. Have you? Do you have a favorite Southern dish, perhaps, that you have had the pleasure of experiencing? I'm going to let you think about that because I will start with mine. I went to Sugar Jam in North Scottsdale uh, two weeks ago, and I enjoyed some yeah, Scottsdale, that famed Southern location. Okay, Sugar Jam it's is North a Scottsdale as well. Okay, Sugar Jam is a very great establishment. It specializes in Southern cuisine, and I had salmon croquettes and catfish and grits. And my freaking word, it was amazing. I'm curious if anyone has had anything similar. Have you had your your Southern delicacies? Are you going to experience any on your trip to Alabama? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, my gosh. This I'll, I'll reveal more on my return, I'm sure. This At this point, it's hard to predict when I'm going to go out and eat. Like okay. it's All right. All right. Oh, okay. My hot chicken, hot chicken. Hot chicken. There good go. call. Hot chicken. Okay. Very good. Okay. All right. Pat, thank you again after taking a couple OGs. Rising finish third in the East. Also saw a couple people yep. doing trivia. Already committing to that when Owen's out there. Anyway, we appreciate all the love and support for us, for our partners, everything like that. Tune in after Sunday's match to catch us on postgame. I'll be coming to you live from the darkness. Hello, darkness, my old friend. He'll be coming to you from Max. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like afternoon. It's Uh, gonna be afternoon. uh, Why is it gonna be dark? I don't know because you don't like the lighting. Anything? Oh my gosh, you don't like the lighting in my room. Apparently, we of course we're gonna land this plane as we always do at some point. Um, Okay, anyone who doesn't say gumbo was just wrong. Love that, Pat. All right, we're gonna see you guys Sunday post game. Until then, you can follow me at. Max David Simpson on Twitter. You can follow him at OJ Evans 18. You can follow producer Emma at, oh shoot. M Emma on Emma underscore. No, no, Emma Clark. No, no, no. Wait, what? There's a vowel in there? Emma. Uh A N N. So Emma Ann Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Well, here we go. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, follow her there too. Cool. All right. Follow us all there. We'll see you guys. Appreciate y'all. See you on Sunday. Laters.